And welcome everybody to episode 19 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. I'm your host, Rob Fedoff. Also known as RPT, you can find me on Twitter at PFedoff. Again, that's at P is in Paul, T is in Tom, H I T is in Tom again. O F F Frank Frank for all Notre Dame athletic updates. Please go to my Twitter account. And episode 19 is presented by BetUS.com. Bet with the three decade leader, BetUS. Join now for 125% bonus using promo code DSP125. Again, that's DSP125 or a 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200. Again, that's promo code DSP200. And bet sports, casinos, horses, pop culture, and more at betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid, betus.com. So first off, my apologies for looking a little untidy unkept. I haven't shaved today, as you can see. Um, I'm pretty much looking the same way that Notre Dame looked yesterday. Awful. Absolutely unacceptable performance. I know things were not going to be as easy as what people were portraying, the so-called pundits saying, you know, if we lose to Ohio State, we're still going to go 11-1, and get into the playoffs. Me with a brand new coaching staff, so many unknowns, a wide receiving core that's just hurt, inexperienced. Uh, they had a bad coach last year. The new coach has to implement his system, the O-line, totally in disarray. Even though we got Harry he stand back, whether he's the answer or not, that's you know to be seen down the future. But again, I just saw so many more question marks. And not saying that I'm right. I'm hoping still we go, my prediction, nine and three. But even that's not looking good right now, too. I'm looking more, you know, once we go over the schedules of our opponents later on, I'm starting to think, my nine and three, as I said before in my earlier podcasts, I may adjust my predictions. My stone cold prediction was nine and three, but I may change that from time to time on how the season's going. And right now that's looking more like eight and four, seven and five, possibly. So again, totally unacceptable performance. That's why I look the way I am today. I thought just to keep with the uh, keep with the moment at hand, they played like crap. I'm not going to shave today. And I'm also wearing, just to kind of kill two birds with one stone in about an hour, my Steelers are playing. So maybe my Steelers shirt, getting ready for the game, that will bring us some luck down the road. So why don't we go, I'm going to go to my cheat sheet here and just look at the stats, which are horrible. So if we look at team stats here, and again, my, okay. First downs, Marshall had 21. We had 22. That's kind of misleading. A lot of those came on the last two drives, those garbage drives that Notre Dame had after Tyler Buckner got hurt and Drew Pine came in. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Third downs, Marshall 4-13. We were 4-13. Again, bad. Marshall was 0-1 on fourth down, so we did hold them on a fourth down. Our defense, that was pretty good. We were 2-4, 50%. I did like that Marcus Freeman was aggressive, more or less challenging his team to say, hey, we're a lot bigger than them. We should be a lot better than them. Let's impose our will and get these fourth downs. We got 50% of them. Total yards, Marshall 364, Notre Dame 351. Unacceptable. Marshall only passed for 145. That's probably the only bright spot of this season so far. And more or less, hell has frozen over. If you told me the strongest part of Notre Dame this year, besides our punter, which is another WTF moment too, that our secondary is probably one of the best parts of our team, I would have thought you were crazy. Usually in the 
46 years I've been watching Notre Dame football. Well, not I'm 46, but probably uh, probably when I was seven. So let's say, uh, would that be 40, 39 years I've been watching Notre Dame football. The secondary has never been a, a strength of Notre Dame. So I'm just shocked there. But then again, Marshall didn't pass that much anyway yesterday. They ran all over us. And again, we'll get into that a little bit later too. So 145 passing for Marshall. We had 221. They are 16 of 21 passing. So pretty good efficiency there. And we were 21 of 38. Yards per pass, 6.9 for Marshall. We were only 5.8. Again, Tommy Reese, what's going on with this offense? I know we got a brand new quarterback, an offensive line that's still learning the Harry Heastad system. What's going on? We, we have got to have better athletes and better players than Marshall. What is going on there? Turnovers, we had three interceptions. Uh, they had zero interceptions, Marshall. And again, this is one of my talking points. If you take the Ohio State game and the Marshall game, our defense has not forced a turnover yet. Again, the defense played great last week against OSU. This week, they're a little bit back and forth. The D-line was awful. But again, the defense has to start getting some turnovers. This is unacceptable by the defense for the turnover margin to be 3-0 to zero in favor of Marshall. Rushing. We had 130 yards rushing. Again, not good enough. Marshall, 219. They blew our defensive line off the ball all game. I mean, again, what is going on? And a lot of my Ohio State friends said when we got Al Washington, I believe he wasn't the D-line coach of OSU last year. He was a linebacker coach. They more or less said, you can have him. And again, I thought he seems to be a pretty good recruiter, but a recruiter and coaching are two different things. So far, I mean, I know it's still early. That's been one of the weaker assistant coaching moves that we uh, that Coach Freeman made last year. Again, I'm really missing Mike Elston last year. He went to Michigan. He was with Brian Kelly for all the 12 years that Brian Kelly was there. He had followed Brian Kelly pretty much throughout his whole career. And again, he really loved Notre Dame, but he went back to his alma mater at Michigan. And I know Michigan hasn't played anybody yet, but they're beating the teams they're supposed to, and they're killing them. So say what you want about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. One, Jim Harbaugh also made a pretty good he, – he benched his quarterback that led them to the playoffs last year and pretty much is playing the better guy. So, again, I know Jim Harbaugh and Michigan kind of get, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of flack thrown at them, a lot of, you know – bad coverage from the media and just, you know, you know, fans in general. But again, they're beating the teams they're supposed to, and we're not. So end of discussion there. Rushing attempts, 50 for Marshall. They averaged 4.4 yards a carry. We had 37 rushing attempts for 3.5. Again, not good enough. Penalties, 6 for 44. Uh, Marshall, us 4 for 30. Again, we had three turnovers. They did not have any. Time of possession was pretty much even. But again, the score is what matters. And pretty much those last two drives Notre Dame had kind of inflated the statistics more for us because Marshall was kind of playing a prevent defense. So Marshall, 30 minutes, 47 seconds. We had 29 minutes, 13 seconds. Let's just go to, I want to see, let's see. Okay, here we go. So individual statistics. I'm not going to go through everyone here. Just the ones that really just, again, I'm just shocked. The, what's his name? His last name is LeBourne. He was actually a 
transfer from, he was actually a five-star recruit and it started out at Florida State. That didn't work out. He was actually an Uber driver, I think a couple years ago. He's a six-year senior. He took advantage of the COVID rule where you get that extra year. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right, but Kalen Laybourne or Colin Laybourne, he had yesterday, again, he ran all over us because they're, they're just blowing the D line off the line of scrimmage and he was breaking tackles. So uh, 31 carries for 163 yards, one touchdown, again, unacceptable. Our high rusher was our quarterback. And I know Tyler Buckner, you know, is a great runner and we need him for that. But when your quarterback's the leading rusher, that's a problem. 13 carries, 44 yards. Aldrich Estime, 10 carries, 33 yards. Lorenzo Style, one for 22. Chris Tyree, three for 17. That's an issue right there. Why is Tommy Reese not using him? One of the most dynamic players we have. And I tell you what, if I was Chris Tyree now, and if I don't get more touches, more playing time, I know he's a junior, and I think he he has the he could use the COVID year and actually play five years. But if I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to say he has power of the coaches, but if I was him and I'm not getting the touches like I should, because he is great in open space and such a dynamic player. I'm thinking about transferring. Heck, I'll talk to Alabama. I'll talk to OSU. They're going to use me somehow in the offense. Tommy Reese isn't. So if Chris Tyree transfers more power to him, I don't, I don't blame him because he's not being used by this offensive staff, especially Tommy Reese. So what did he have? Three for 17, Drew Pine, three for seven, Logan Dix, seven for, again, unacceptable. Tyler Buckner, 18 to 32, 201 yards. He had two running touchdowns, but two interceptions. And then when he got hurt, and again, it's, it's looking like he may be out five to six weeks. We won't know probably until tomorrow. But again, everybody that's saying, even though I don't think he played well, but with the quarterbacks we currently have, I think he gives us the best chance to win which right now doesn't look like much of a chance because what I saw of Drew Pine yesterday, I saw the same thing in the spring game. He is not the answer, people. I know a lot of people want to throw Tyler Buckner under the bus right now, but Drew Pine, did you see that pick he had? He threw it right to the linebacker. Again, he doesn't have the running capabilities of, of uh, Tyler Buckner. So if he's going to be the starter going forward, Tommy Reese is going to have to get a little creative with him. Here's my thing. We're 0-2 right now. There's no national championship. There's no college playoff. There's no New Year's Super or New Year's Six Bowl. It's going to, if we do make a bowl, it's going to be a lower tiered bowl. And I don't want to say just throw out the season, but our veterans, and we'll get into that a little later too, are showing poor leadership right now. Why not start using some of the young guys? And I know Steve Angeli was probably going to get redshirted this year. And I know it was just a spring game but he looked a hell of a lot better than Drew Pine. He's a bigger guy. He is mobile as well. Why not go with Steve Angeli if Tyler Buckner is going to be out five to six weeks? Again, that's not certain yet, but that's what I was hearing last night. Go with Steve Angeli. Play some of these younger. Where's Tobias Merriweather? Tall receiver, true freshman. From what I've heard, he doesn't know the playbook really well yet, but talking or listening to some of the other podcasts last night, what they were saying too, if he just knows three plays, Put him in there for those three plays. He's got to be doing better than what we currently have. Usually the young guys, if they're if they're actually better than the you know veterans right now, use them in some way. 
you got to start making it work, Tommy Reese. And, and Al Golden. Like I said, I'm not – I'm not. the defense played decent enough yesterday, but that D-line is all – I shouldn't say Al Golden. I should say Al Washington. Get that D-line going again. Because, again, I, I'm really missing Mike Elston right now. He's at Michigan. So, so what else here? Let's see. Just going over my notes. But here's my thing. Just going over my talking points now. And I've already, I'm already 12 minutes into this. I'm trying to keep these down to 10 minutes. But when you lose so bad and just, again, so many WTF moments, my podcasts are going to be a little bit longer. So I'm going to get diarrhea of the mouth. So sorry, people. So here's this thing. As bad as our offense played yesterday, and let me, let me boil it down to two moments right here. So we are up 15 to 12. Our defense holds. We're at midfield. I think it's third and three, and we're on Marshall's 38. Third and three. And I believe we have to burn a timeout, which irritates me too. I remember Brian Kelly's offenses kind of did that a lot as well, but it seems like it's just pretty much continuing with the Marcus Freeman era too. They call a timeout. Out of that timeout, our captain, who everybody said had he played against Ohio State last week, Things may have been different. You know, he might have had a better offense. Jarrett Patterson, he does a false start. I can understand if it's a freshman or sophomore offensive lineman, but this is your fifth-year senior captain who came back. He could have went to the NFL last year. They're giving him praise, preseason All-American. Unacceptable for a fifth-year senior to do a false start. That puts us back five yards. Marshall gets a little bit more aggressive. We have to punt. And then our punter. I forget his – do I have his – again, I don't want to waste too much time. I think his, he's, a, he's a transfer from Harvard, but let's see. I'm trying to see if we have – punning, punning, punning. They have uh, – yeah, his, here we go. I want to give it – because of any positive right here, Blake Groupie, our kicker's doing pretty good. He had a lot better kickoffs uh, this year – or the, yesterday, I should say. But John Sott, he's a transfer from, I believe it's Harvard. But again, he has he had a couple, maybe one or two bad punts against OSU. But he's been just nailing those, like inside the 10, inside the 20. He nails it inside the six. This big, you know, when our D-line said we're the biggest bad mother effers out there last week. Last week against Ohio State, they let Ohio State go, what was it, 95, 96-yard drive? And I know they were tired, but if you're that good, you should stop Ohio State, and we still could have won the game then. So it's 15 to 12. They go 94 yards, Marshall, that is, on our big, bad defensive line, 94 yards to take an eight, what was it? That would have been 15 to 12, a 19 to 15 lead. Of those 94 yards, eight were runs because you think, oh, they passed all over us. No. Again, the strength of our team, the secondary, which shocks me. Eight runs, 64 yards. Three passes for 30 yards. Again, 94-yard drive, 64 rushing, 30 passing. So it's not like they're you know just pitch and catch. They ran right over us. They blew our big, bad defensive line off the blocks. How can that happen? Isaiah, and this is what pissed me off, too. On the sidelines after that drive, another captain, you know, Jarrett Patterson's our captain on the O-line, you know, who made that false start. Isaiah Foskey, 
who had one sack during the game, but he had to really work hard for that. He, he had trouble uh, wrapping up the quarterback. He almost got away from him, but he did have a sack. I'll give him that. He's yelling at the D-line. Okay, you could say, oh, that shows great leadership. Why didn't you do it during the drive? Why are you yelling at your teammates now? You should be yelling at yourself and looking in the mirror for what happened on that 94-yard drive. You had, again, 11 chances to make a play, and you made zero during that drive. But now you're yelling at your teammates. Poor leadership. And then after the game, too, Jarrett Patterson ripped off his jersey. He wasn't going to do the uh, – when they sing to the faint or the student body, the alma mater, and I think some of them had to pull him back. And like, oh, he was just so pissed off, you know, leadership bullshit. He, it shouldn't have got to that point. He had so many chances, you know, those two-fourth inches that we couldn't make. Why don't you do it then? Why don't you not make a offensive uh, uh, offsides, you know, when we were third and three and the third and eight? Why don't you do, do it during the game? I tell you what, if I was Marcus Freeman, even though I think tomorrow, he's going to pretty much do a reset to say, I know there's probably certain people that their jobs are on the line, but I bet you 99 for 90 to 95%, he's going to say, hey, your jobs are on the line right now. We're doing a reset. And we're going to see who wants to play. At least that's what I'm hoping he's going to do. I still have faith in him. Again, I was, an expect I was expecting nine and three at the worst, eight and four, because there's too many changes and unknowns this year that we're now seeing that the unknowns are really bad as they're becoming known, I should say. So I would look at, I would, I wouldn't be, I don't think he's going to do it, but I wouldn't be, I would be okay if he stripped Isaiah Foskey and Jarrett Patterson of their captain duties right now and make them earn it back because the leadership they showed yesterday, awful. And that's the thing I'm seeing here. I keep hearing and I said, I listen to other podcasts as well who have more of an inside track where they're at practices. They say during practice, they look like a million dollars. But anyone that knows who plays sports, practice and game are two different things. So what is happening between practice and the game? Why it's two different things. I mean, that offense is just terrible. I look at other teams with so much less talent, able to move the ball somehow. And for us to just get a drive going, it, it just looks like they have to work so hard just to get five yards, you know, a 20-yard pass. And I get in the two times that we did score, he was moving Tyler Buckner outside the pocket because right now he's not a strong just pocket passer. It's just not the player he is right now. It's like get him outside the pocket, use his legs, use his athleticism somewhat. Use his advantages, right? Because he's not he's not a guy that's just going to lead you to a win. He's not Bryce Young. He's not C.J. Stroud. Maybe someday he will be. But again, we have to have our junior senior, senior leadership rally around him because he's so inexperienced right now. Again, it'd be great if he could win games on his own right now. He just can't do it. And now with the injury, he may be out for five to six games. I mean, if you watch the Texas and Alabama game, I mean, Alabama struggled during that game. But when they're down 19 to 17 with like a minute 30, Bryce Young, redshirt sophomore, the Heisman Trophy winner, more or less said, hey, guys, I got it. Cool, calm, collective, drives them down the field. They get a winning field goal with like 10 seconds left. That's the quarterback we need right now, and we don't have it. Whether Tyler Buckner becomes that, to be determined. But again, that's why the team has to rally around him. That, that leadership, the, the veteran guys have to do a lot more 
to compensate for that. That's what I'm trying to say. So again, Fosky, again, Chris Tyree, they got to use him more. And here's another thing too. I know we got Harry Hestad back. And I'm just starting to think, I know, I know he's better than Jeff Quinn, the offensive line coach last year. But here's the thing. When he was the coach, he had two really good off. Well, I say one. Quentin Nelson, stud. He's a stud in the NFL right now. This was they were on the 2017 team that ran all over the field. A team that had they had a quarterback, that team probably could have made the playoffs. But here's the thing. So we had Quentin Nelson and then Mike McGlinchey. McGlinchey, I think, is overrated. I think he's over in the NFL. He had two guys, I think they were taken in the top 10 of the 2018 draft. And I don't know if that's ever happened for a Notre Dame team. I'd have to look into that again. But McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson were taken very high in the first round, two offensive linemen. And I think he kind of got that reputation of this is the offensive line guru in college. Then he went to the Bears. But if you take away those two, and again, McGlinchey, I don't think he was a first-round pick. Not to say one guy loses a game for someone, but if he could block the blind side of Brandon Wimbush in 2017 during that Georgia game, I think we beat Georgia. He gave away a, up a really big sack when we were driving to possibly win that game, and he just had some bad blocks that whole game. I was actually at that game, and he was getting blown off the line uh, by Georgia's defense. And then he also had Ronnie Stanley, and he's had other guys drafted in the NFL. But it wasn't like he was spitting out guys to the NFL that were the 90s Dallas Cowboys offensive line. That was probably the greatest offensive line in NFL history, the Dallas Cowboys of the 1990s. I just think, again, you know, you got the Tommy Reese narrative that he's just this offensive guru, you know, this young stud offensive coordinator, you know, comes from a lineage with his dad being a coach. Again, Harry Heastead's much better than Jeff Quinn. And again, I think he inherited a mess at the offensive line, and maybe it's going to take a year or two. It took a year or two to get it to be so shitty from Jeff O'Quinn taking over for him. Maybe it's going to take one to two to get, you know, like clean up. Uh, they always say like when you have to clean up the hotel room after Keith Richards left it. That's kind of way our offensive line was. It's like a hotel room after Keith Richards partied all night long. Same with the wide receiver group right now, and they just they don't have the numbers right now either. So again, I, I hope he can turn it around. But again, is he as good as what we think? So we'll see. So again, going over this, going over my notes. Like I said, we're in 23 minutes into this. Sorry, guys. It's it is what it is. And the Cal preview, I, I'm telling you right now, whether it's Buckner or Drew Pine, or even the guy I say, if, if Buckner's hurt, let's go with Steve Angeli. I'm not picking Notre Dame because I have no faith in this team right now. It's kind of like, you know, guys that go into the military, they, they break you down and then build you back up. That's what Marcus Freeman is going to have to do tomorrow. Cause we're talking, this is as of Sunday and I hope to get this, get this out tonight. But again, he's got to, he's got to do a reset, break them down and build them back up because Again, I, I'm not saying fire Marcus Freeman. That, that's nonsense. It's his first year, and I knew he was going to have issues because it's a brand new, brand new coach. The only one person pretty much coming back was Marcus Freeman, who was the D coordinator last year. And well, now he's head coach. 
he's never been a head coach. And that was the one thing when they did hire Marcus Freeman, like no head coaching experience. He's only 36. It's going to be kind of learn on the job. Well, now he's going to learn on the job right now. Again, I still have total faith in him, but I just didn't think it would be, I didn't think we were going to be losing to Marshall and our offense. This offense looks worse than 2007. And that was when Charlie Weiss, um, the year after he lost Brady Quinn, Jeff Samarja, Rima McKnight, Darius Walker, all those bad recruiting classes that Tyrone Willingham, they were now like juniors and seniors. Jimmy Clausen's first year. So it's more or less just all freshmen. That team was horrible, but that team moved the started moving the ball a little bit. Even the, and that team finished three and eight. The 2016 team that finished four and eight. Horrible defense. That's when Brian Van Gorder got fired after the second game where Jack Swarbrick told Brian Kelly, if you don't fire your buddy right now, this team's going to be totally lost. That's that team at least moved the ball too. But like I said, just a horrible defense. It's just, I've never seen an offense this bad. I don't know in my lifetime, even like going back. I mean, Jerry Faust days, I was only like seven, eight, nine years old, but I mean, even they could, they could move it a little bit. And even, I mean, I know it was a different era, but Lou Holtz's first year, they finished five and six. But except for maybe one game, one or two games, probably like a game and a half, I think it was against Air Force, ironically. They, um, they're they pretty much in every game. I knew they were at least going to show up. They moved the ball. Again, that was – I was 11 years old. That was, you know, the fall of 86. But, again, I just never seen a team struggle so much just to move the ball. And that's – I knew even people from Marshall yesterday saying, just out muscle us. You're so much bigger than us. Why can't you not move the ball? My neighbor, who's from Greece, who knows nothing about football, yesterday told me, he's a, he's a soccer guy. And he's like, I really know nothing about football, but you guys should be killing this team. So someone from Greece that knows nothing about football doesn't understand why Notre Dame can't move the ball. So Again, Tommy Reese is the one I'm still on a short leash for because he's been there a while and he's starting to look like Brian Van Gorder of 2016 where this thing's starting to get out of hand too quick. And this is my big thing with Marcus Freeman now. Again, do a reset. But his biggest job this year, again, there's no national championship. There's no playoff. There's no New Year's Six Bowl right now. More or less what you're playing for now is pride. And he's got to coach this team not to lose this team. We're going to lose recruits. Okay, that's a given. Again, the, the three big receivers coming in next year, uh, Jaden Greyhouse, Rico Flores, and I forget the, the other names. I can't think of it right now. They still just said yesterday, wait till we come in. I mean, I hope you can back up your talk because our current D-line can't back up their talk right now. But again, hopefully we can keep those receivers in. But maybe it's, again, I know it's unfair to some of the upperclassmen when you just say, hey, let's go with the younger guys now. But if you aren't producing, maybe it's time just to look for the future right now. So, again, his big job, again, get these kids playing with heart. I know that sounds cliche, but also do not lose this team. Because if it gets out of hand and you finish with a losing record, it's – um. I know we got a top three recruiting class now, and it's probably going to be maybe a top five, six now. Then you're looking at top ten. So just don't lose the – lose the team here. So I want to do this. I know I usually typically do this during the preview game, but uh, with Cal, but that game, I may be talking more about 
what happens. I want to say that for one of my prediction, even though, you know, I'm going to pick Cal because I have no faith right now until I start seeing some results in Notre Dame. And I know that sounds harsh, but show me, you got to show me. So, and plus with what we hear back from the injury uh, front after tomorrow. So we may not get a Cal preview for me until Wednesday or Thursday. So let's, Again, I wanted to show when I was thinking we could possibly still make the playoffs, how good our schedule looked after week one. Uh, go over that again. And so here we go. OSU, they beat Arkansas State 45 to 12. Marshall, obviously, and that this helps our opponent winning percentage, making our schedule look better with the loss we had yesterday. Marshall beat us 26 to 21. And you know what? The, the score is misleading. They're pretty much. 10 to 14 points better than us yesterday. And their coach, Charlie Huff, great, great job. He outcoached Marcus Freeman. Marshall was tougher. Every time they get hit in the mouth, they hit back. We never hit back when we got hit in the mouth. So, and you know what? He's a descendant of Nick Saban. So a lot of themes with, you know, the Nick Saban coaching staff, they, they coach well, they learn from coach Saban. He's doing the same thing. So he looks like he has a Marshall in the right direction. My only criticism of him yesterday, they had the ball inside the five like twice, and he got really conservative, and they settled for two field goals. That score could have been a lot worse. We lucked out there because he was pretty conservative. He probably could have, on those fourth downs from like the three-yard line, he probably could have, I mean, they were moving the ball on our D-line anyway, just just run right at us. But, again, he kind of got conservative there. Other than that, he did a great job coaching. Cal, our opponent next week, who's not that great of a team, but they're currently 2-0. They beat UNLV, another one of our opponents, 20-14. North Carolina beat Georgia State, 35-28. BYU beat Baylor, 26-20. Stanford lost to USC, another common opponent, 41-28. UNLV, again, lost to Cal, 20-14. Syracuse, uh, they won 48 to 14 over UConn. Clemson, uh, 35 to 12 over Clemson. So again, Syracuse beat UConn 48 to 14. Clemson beat Furman 35 to 12. And then Navy, they're they're awful this year. They beat Memphis or or no, they lost to Memphis 37 to 13. Boston College, that that this one's I'm really puzzled by two. They lost again this week to Virginia Tech 27 to 10. They have our former uh, quarterback Phil Dracovic. He's not doing anything special either this year. And then USC beat Stanford 41 to 28. So with this week's results, our opponents were eight wins, four losses. The cumulative cumulative total for the year is 19 to 6 with a 76% winning percentage. Again, pretty good. It went from 85% to 76%. But of any good news this weekend, it looks like our schedule's strong. But the thing is, our opponents are beating us. So again, I went way over today. But again, just everything's bad right now. People just say, oh, it's just the offense. No, everything... Everything's bad. Our defense, yes, is probably the strength of our team. But when they had the chance to hold yesterday, 
they couldn't do it. All they had to do is they're pinned at the six yard or yeah, the six yard line. Is that yes, the six yard line because it was a 94 yard drive. All they have to do is stop them and they can't do it. So everything's bad. Okay, I'll take it back. Special teams were pretty good yesterday. They were pretty good yesterday. Our special teams coach, let me, and I thought I had his name. Marcus Freeman brought him over from Cincinnati. His, and again, my apologies for not, uh, Brian Mason, he did his job yesterday. I know he was kind of called out by Marcus Freeman last week because we had some bad kickoff returns last week, but they did a great, we actually got a punt return with some positive yardage, which, I mean, go back to the Brian Kelly days. That was always an issue with our punt returns. But again, Brian Mason, he's probably the only assistant coach that doesn't have issues right now, major issues to fix. So again, let me just go over my notes because like I said, I had so many things to say. Again, a lot of the, like I said, the captains right now have to look in the mirror. Isaiah Foskey, Jarrett Patterson. I wouldn't mind if their captain, uh, captainship, if that's actually a word, stripped away because uh, you're not doing it. But we have to get a reset right now. Again, still have to, like I said, Irish fans don't huddle in a corner or anything like that. Don't, I know we don't have anything big. So not, I don't want to say big because actually it's big. It's, we can't just throw in the towel because if you do that, then that affects the future as well. You just got to keep fighting again, improving. I know that seems cliche, but if we, if we just say, Hey, scratch this year, you know, we're going to give up whatever, nothing to look forward to. Let's just focus on next year. That's going to affect your future years. You got to start building something at some point this year, or it's just going to snowball with, like I said, the recruits are going to back out. And again, you're going to have turmoil. The biggest thing right now is just not to lose the team. So again, you're going to still hear me every week with a preview, with my analysis of the game. I'm not going anywhere. So you guys don't go anywhere either. So again, thank you for tuning in today. I know it was a little bit longer than usual. Again, I'm going to get diarrhea of the mouth every time something like this happens because something's got to get done. And I still think Coach Freeman can uh, get the job done. It's just it's just going to take a little bit longer than I thought. So, again, thank you for tuning in to episode number 19. And as always, go Irish.